Welcome to the Misfit Stars podcast. I'm Shannon Curtis. And I'm Jamie Hill. Hi, listeners. Hi, Shannon. Hello. Hi. How is everyone doing? Happy December. It's December. What the heck? You know what else I think this might be? What? Is this the first episode of season three? Oh my gosh, it totally is. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty exciting. That is exciting. S-O-3-E-O-1. We are starting the third year of our Misfit Stars podcast, it's which like, we've arbitrarily just broken up into seasons each year, which is great. Yeah. I love Otherwise, it. imagine if we were just one never-ending season. Yeah. That's a little too on the nose. It's- <laughs> It's like life. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. just goes and goes <laughs> and then you die. Oh, no. And that's the end of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and <laughs> there aren't any like bows tied up at the end or nope. big lessons learned. It nope. just is. It's meaningless. And then it stops. Ah, <laughs> uh, life. Life is not like TV. No. No. I'm on not- season one, episode 48. <laughs> Like, when are they going to go somewhere with this show? <laughs> wow. So this is season three yeah. of the Misfit Stars podcast. Man, maybe we can, like, w- we didn't, I didn't even acknowledge this fact before we started the podcast today, but I feel like this is like deserves some, like, reflection. This deserves some, like, wow, we're two years into this. What does it all mean? Yeah, right? It's I think a- we already did that. It means nothing. It's meaningless. No, it's not like at all. Life. Not at all. Okay, fine. You know what? We're going to talk about it later. And I know you hated that I just said that, but we're going to talk about it later. And I'm going to bring it up and, and you just watch. It's going to be great. I love it. Okay. That's a signpost, people. That's a signpost. We're signposting things. That's right. Here's another one. Later on in this episode, we're going to be talking about previous jobs that Shannon and I have each had. Why on earth are we going to be talking about that? Because it's going to be interesting for people, Shannon. But, but why else? There's no other reason. <laughs> That's not true. There's no other reason that I feel necessary That's to tell people true. at this time. Well, I do. Okay, what is it? And that is that we have started taking, making a collection of listener questions. Yeah. And this was one of them. And we actually have a couple that we're going to answer in the second half of this episode. You two which, listeners uh, yeah. can submit listener questions. If you are a member of Misfit Stars. That's it. That's the requirement. Misfitstars.com slash join if you're not. That's right. Uh, and, you know, speaking of which, uh, let me just segue smoothly into the advertising part of things All here. Right. Misfit Stars is a community and we want to invite you to join us if you haven't already. And here's what that means. Tell me more. Misfit Stars is a podcast. You're listening to it now. Hopefully you love it. If it's your first time listening to it, man, we really hope to deliver for you today. Yes. Will it happen? Not sure. <laughs> it's always an open question. We'll see. Please let us know. Uh, but here's the deal. Misfit Stars is also a patro- uh, patronage support community. It's yeah. a way that people who believe in what Shannon and I are doing in the world. Who feel supportive of it. Yeah. Emotionally. Yeah. Uh, and you know, that's, it's music, it's mentorship, it is volunteerism. There's a lot of things that Shannon and I do in the world. It is and, this podcast, it yeah. is the community around this podcast, the, the folks that gather around these ideas that we talk about. And, the community at this yeah. point is a huge part of what we do. Yep. We have managed to create a container for people to share life with one another in a more open-hearted and vulnerable way than you can typically do on the internet. Yeah. Which, as you know, usually is like a combination of a dumpster fire and a snake pit. Like, imagine <laughs> a dumpster full of snakes that's also on fire. Yeah. And, like, flaming snakes are just coming out of it. I that's would probably kind of the internet. be stoked about snakes being on fire. That You know. You don't like snakes. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Yeah, no. Does anyone? Yeah, clearly they do. People anyway, do. the Misfit That's Stars, weird. there are no snakes inside the Misfit Stars. <laughs> Just to be super clear, we welcome herpetologists, but it's not a herpetological community in its orientation. Right. So uh, 
that said, it is a place where people can be, you know, vulnerable, open-hearted, kind with one another and go through life together in a small group community in that way, you know? I mean, it's not mm. the only place any of us hangs out. Absolutely But not. it's my favorite. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we center it around this private Facebook group and there's just this amazing ongoing discussion in there. I love it to pieces. Yeah. And then we also do all kinds of different like small group events specifically for our Misfit Stars community, yep. exclusive to our Misfit Stars community. Yeah. You know, I just sent out a little oh. patron-only message just a few minutes ago. Only to our Misfit Stars, yeah. Only to our Misfit Stars, asking for everyone to update their shipping address. Their mailing addresses. No reason, yeah. It's yeah. referred to in Patreon as <laughs> a shipping address, strangely, right. oh, okay. as though I would freight something there. I'm not sure why. <laughs> We're going to send you a, refrigerator. a box of dynamite. <laughs> wow. I don't know. I was thinking- Acme car- branded. Cartoons, yeah. Yeah. I was- <laughs> Yeah, you're getting anvils for Christmas stars. Is it financially sound for us to pay for shipping for anvils? Arguably not. Absolutely not. Will you get a lot of use out of it? Probably not. (laughs) Also, no. (laughs) Raise your hand if you want an anvil. All of a sudden, anvil just comes through the ceiling and lands on Shannon. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, so you sent out this message asking for people's shipping addresses. Because we're going to send people stuff if they're in the Misfit Stars community. I'm not telling you what it is. But you're going to get a little something, something in your mailbox if you update your address with us. And people, here's the deal. If you're listening to this and you're like, I want to get special things from Shannon and Jamie. You can. You can. Misfitstars.com slash join. Just get signed up. It's a way that we encourage people to, or give people a chance to support the work that we're doing. But instead of being like, hey, one person, could you give us $10,000 a month? <laughs> we ask a bunch of people, hey, can you give us five bucks a month? Right. You know, right. first of all, we're not making to- 10 grand a month on no. this. Just to be super clear. <laughs> yeah. I wish we were. That would be amazing. We'd be wealthy. We could do so much with that. Yes, we could. We could do a lot of good in the world. So keep it up, people. <laughs> Those five bucks add up. Seriously, though, if you feel supportive of the work that Shannon and I do in the world and you want to help support it in a small way alongside a bunch of other people supporting it in a small way, uh, it's helpful to us in it all is. seriousness. So please go to misfitstars.com slash join, get signed up. If you do it quickly enough, you'll get stuff in the mail from us. I mean, That's you will right. regardless because you're going to get a sticker That's sheet. That's right. That's but you'll right. get two things. There are other things. There's also a yeah. secret thing. <laughs> So, uh, Shannon, do you have any announcements? Announcements, announcements, announcements. That was good. Thank you. That was jaunty. It was, you know, I feel like you have to do that song jaunty to do it any justice. Yeah. Okay, I have two announcements. Okay. The first announcement uh, is a reprise from last week's announcement. And that is that this is holiday personal song season. Yes. And I am officially putting the word out to the world that if you are looking for a special wow type gift for somebody in your life this year, um, I wrote some about this in the love letter that I sent out to my love letter list uh, that came out this morning, the um, Tuesday morning. Because Shannon doesn't um, have an email list, people. That's very <laughs> 2018. She has a love, love letter list. Yeah. So I said, I wrote, which would you rather get, a list email or a love letter? Right, exactly. Come so on. I wrote a little bit about that. You know, like this, this year has been different <laughs> the, the year 2020 and um different you know, from a good year well yeah just different yeah i mean it's hard to say it we're holding both at the same time it's been a really hard year and also there have been some really good things about this year yep. um all at the same time yeah but um you know this might be a year where you're thinking that the traditional gifts that if you are a, if you are a gift giving kind of person, and I realize that not everybody does this, yep. uh, but if you are a gift giving kind of person, you might be thinking that this year 
um, you want to dig a little deeper and do something a little bit more meaningful than you maybe normally would in a, in another year that yeah. hasn't felt so momentous. Uh, maybe it's, you know, it's more important to you this year to communicate, you know, your your thoughts and feelings to your loved ones about them. Yeah. And I can help you write a song. I Actually, I will write the song. I'm not going to help you do it. No. I will write the song yeah. based on... In fact, on... she specifically doesn't want you to do it because she's a much better songwriter. <laughs> no offense to you. Thanks, honey. <laughs> um, so basically what it is, I, I, would, I would interview you about the person that you're going to be giving this song to as a gift uh, and find out all about them, find out some stories, find out what your thoughts and feelings about this person are. Mm -hmm. And I will use all of those things to create a song for them from you that you will give to them uh, this holiday season. It's the best. It really is the best. I started doing this back in 2011 and um, it's just been such a joy. Shannon's done it. Over 80 of these people. Yeah, I think it's been over It's over 80 at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Every single one of them unique because they're all about some somebody's individual life or relationship or story. And they're just such a joy to do. So I, I do often uh, do a bunch of these at the holidays. And I have really a time in my schedule to do a handful of them. Mm-hmm. So I do have room for a few more. And if this is something that interests you, you can send me a message and I will send you information about how it works and what it costs. And we'll go from there. Yeah. So And don't delay people. Go. The holidays are upon us and Shannon needs time to actually write right. the thing once it, you engage her to do it. True, yes. And then so, she has to record it and then I have to mix it. There's, it's a whole process. It's a whole thing. We don't like just do some slapdash thing into the mm-hmm. phone. Like we make a full-on studio recording it's for you. A, the real deal. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah. So message me. You can uh, email me at skc at shannoncurtis.net and uh, I'll send you more info. Do so it. that's announcement number one. Announcement number two. Yes is that we have scheduled our December Misfit Stars monthly Zoom meetup. Woohoo! And this is for Misfit Stars members only. So again, if you're not yet a member, but you want to be and you want to meet some other stars, now's a great time to join because you can join the Zoom meetup and actually meet other Misfit Stars via Zoom. Misfitstars.com slash join. That's right. So uh, to those of you who want to attend that Misfit Stars Zoom meetup, here's when it's going to be. It's going to be on Sunday, December 13th. (laughs) at 5 p.m. Pacific time. That's 8 p.m. Eastern time. So Mm -hmm. 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. We are switching up the date and time, the day of the week and the time from last month's meetup because we want to make sure that we make this accessible to as many people as possible. And some folks couldn't come to the last one because Friday night was not so good. So we're doing Sunday, uh, late afternoon, early evening. And then we'll do yet another day and time combo next month. And we're just going to rotate them. Yeah. Exactly. So everyone gets a chance. So Sunday, December 13th, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Mark your calendars, stars. We cannot wait to see you. And we'll send you the link uh, when it gets closer. Yeah. So that's it for announcements. Great job. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Jamie. Yes. I have a question. What's that? How are you feeling? Oh, thank you for asking. Uh, you know, I feel good. Good. Yeah, I'm having a... Uh, a t- I pause there to just... To do a very quick check-in. I feel yeah. good. I good. feel very good. I feel good in my mind and in my heart. I also feel good in my body. Awesome. Uh, and you know, I make a practice of exercising first thing every single morning. That's, you know, that's no big update. I've been doing that for a long time. Right. But I just obtained- Acquired. Acquired uh, an exercise bench. Uh-huh. And you love it. I do. And the reason that I love it is because I can now 
do exercises in ways that are much more guaranteed not to also cause collateral damage <laughs> to other parts of my body. Like I was doing just like, you know, crunches on the floor, you know? Yeah. With, and that's a fine way to do things. I had kind of like a prison workout where you don't need anything but your body and the floor, you know? Right, right. Um, and it's great, you know, when we're on tour, I have to do it like that. And so that's valuable. But, you know, if I do them slowly and properly like that, I can do it without tweaking my lower back or straining something in a way I shouldn't when, right. I, when I provide the offsetting resistance for the sit-up, you know? Right, yeah. But I'm always like, it's first thing in the morning, I'm spaced out, I'm still half asleep and in dreamland. And sometimes I just go quick and I forget and I don't do it right. Well, I don't do it slowly enough. Uh-huh. And I, I was hurting myself like once a week. You know, it's just That's stupid. Good. Yeah, it's not great. And now I just have the things where you put your knee over the one pad thing and you put your feet and your ankles at like under, under the other pad thing. And this, it holds you... So, in the right position so you can do the sit-ups and it's got the band the bench that has like the incline thing yeah. so i can do like flat sit-ups i can do three different levels of declination uh it's wonderful it's right. so good you've, you've only had it for a couple of days so do, do you really feel different in your body yes in the last I, two days yes i really do that's cool like i feel solid in my core uh good. and I, I feel just i feel symmetrical oftentimes <laughs> it's a weird thing to say yeah. but like oftentimes when i work out like I'll just, you know, favor one side or the other just the way that I'm offsetting my own weight. You know Uh what I mean? Maybe it's a dominant hand thing. I'm not quite sure what it is, dominant side thing. But like I'm just being forced into symmetry with this new setup and I can feel it immediately. Like I I don't feel like one side is stronger or weaker than the other. That's cool. It's really neat. I'm really, really encouraged by this. So you're feeling good in your spirit and in your body. Yeah, feel good. How about you? I'm also good. I've been doing some outside work this week um, and it's cold out there and it involves water. And so I've been coming inside and being, and I've been really cold and it's like, I can't get warm. So like in my body, I'm feeling just kind of cold right now. <laughs> we Even though, should have gotten you a blanket for I the know, podcast. I know, it's okay. I'm, then you I'll maybe be fine. like fall asleep. I, <laughs> it's true. What's this comfy blanket? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, yeah, so I just feel a little bit shivery, but also I feel great, uh, having gotten to spend some time outdoors the yep. last many days, um, just the fresh air. It's not been raining here, um, the last number of days. And so, uh, just being able to be out there and just, yeah, outside air is good and yeah. moving my body around, um, feels good. And, uh, and yeah, I think, and generally speaking, I'm feeling just in my, in my spirit, I feel pretty good also. Awesome. Um, there's, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, uh, just like since the election and since, you know, since we, we learned the result of the election, I know that at first we talked about how it was maybe like a slow rolling realization that, you know, maybe some of the stress, the emergency type stress was lifted. Yeah. I feel like I'm really settling into that in, in some ways in a, in a much deeper way. Like yeah. I, 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 I'm taking, I, I'm, I'm taking notice of the fact that I'm not freaking out every time there's a news alert coming on my phone. Right. And also that there are way fewer of them. Yeah. <laughs> you Seriously. know, like there are way fewer, like, holy crap, what what part of the world is on fire now because yeah. of the just horrendous leadership that we've had. You know, uh, like I just, I've, that, that that's kind of like subsiding. And I, and I feel like there's space in my brain and yeah. in my body to just think and think about other things, you know, and to like just be... Uh, it, it feels, I, I'm really grateful for that. And I feel really good about that. You yeah. know, like it's, it's really the fact that the person who's currently living in the White House <laughs> does not occupy so much space in my thought life because yeah. 
He's just not making, he's on his way out and he's not making news that's going to really matter to, to us as much anymore. Yeah. And, and, and so to just, it's just nice. It's really nice not to have like a freaking fire alarm going off every day. That's wonderful. It's really true. I feel the same way. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's it's sort of like a (laughs) anti-news. You know, like a, like the the absence of that. uh, I'm just like, I want to acknowledge that because it's making room in my life for other things, other ideas, other thoughts, other plans, other, just being able to just, you know, not stress in a day. How novel. Yeah. How great. It's wonderful. So I feel good. Oh, I'm so happy. I feel really good. So, okay. I'm totally throwing us for a loop here because this is not the next part of our script. But oh, really? This is season, this is the, the first episode of season three of our podcast. Wow, how exciting. So I just, I want to ask you like, what, did you, did you have any idea two years ago when we started this, what, what was your idea for what we were going to be doing with this podcast then? And <sighs> what, and what has it become now? You know, like what, what has remained true to how we started and what have we, what, what has shifted in the two years since? For me, the thing that's remained the same is that it's very earnest, you know, <laughs> and it's very intentionally so, you yeah. know, like we're trying to get to the deeper parts of stuff. Yeah. Uh, that hasn't changed. What has changed for me a lot is the comfort uh, and the extemporaneity. Wow. <laughs> is that a word? Yeah. I, I probably. Probably. The, the quality or virtue of being extemporaneous. If you say it with enough confidence, I'll believe you. <laughs> yeah. Extemporaneity. <laughs> I don't know. You see, I think I missed one vowel. Extempor- I think there's... Extemporaneousness? No, that's not it. <laughs> extemporaneity? Uh, I don't know. I think I did it better when I wasn't thinking about it. No, I'm true. not sure. So that has that. changed yeah. your comfort with it. Absolutely. Like I feel like you and I are just much, much more comfortable uh, being on microphone, uh, mm-hmm. being on microphone with one another. I think we figured out our dynamic there a lot better. You know, yeah. it's just much more natural and it flows better. Uh, the first many, many, many episodes, we were just trying to like, figure out who we were on mic A and B, how we were together on microphones. Yeah. And it was just, we we, were, we did a good job of being very like gentle with each other, yeah. but yeah. it sounded like we were doing that. Well, yes, it was all very careful. Yeah. And I, 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 I really do want to go back and listen to like episode one at some point just to hear the difference in how we approach, you know, I imagine, the conversation. I haven't listened to it since we did it, but my memory of it is that it's a lot like that SNL sketch from when we were kids <laughs> about like the public radio hosts <laughs> where they're all sort of talking like this. Yes. And there are pauses. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I'm sure, I'm sure that uh, I, I imagine that's what it was like too. Yeah. Uh, for the me, long it, pause and then yeah. one was like, good Good times. Good times. That's right. That's right. (laughs) So good. You know, it's funny. I I remember uh, when we first came up with the idea of doing this podcast, Mm -hmm. uh, we... We had a, one of our, we had our very first like official whiteboarding session. Yeah. We knew, we knew that we had, that we wanted to do something in terms of developing more sort of like, like, like at the time there was, there was the, the Shannon Curtis stuff. There was the music that I write and mm-hmm. the recordings we make together and the albums we put out and touring we do around that. And there's the work that you do, you know, making music with other artists, mentoring, you know, the, your, your production work, your mixing work, things like that. Yep. Um, and then there was just this weird, like, there's, there's the, Jamie and, the Jamie and Shannon thing that we weren't sure really what to do with that. But there was definitely, it felt like 
you know. And there was an absence there because like people view, people have had already by that point been thinking about us as one word, like Jamie and Shannon. <laughs> right. You know, right. like we are a thing, but there wasn't really anything that we put into the world that kind of honored that. That was both of us. That was representative yeah. or emblematic of both of us. Exactly. Yeah. And so I, so I, we knew, we sat down at that, that whiteboarding session. It was in our kitchen, actually. I remember that. Had the easel set up on the counter. And I remember thinking, okay, well, we want to develop something around the idea of, of a thing that you and I do together and that maybe, you know, this, we obviously at that point, even two years ago, knew that there was this community of people in our lives because of the work that we do, because of, you know, who we are in the world that was sort of like loosely forming, you know, like we had relationships with them. Occasionally they would make relationships with each other, but there was the beginning of something there. There was like, it was like an amoeba, an amoeba soup, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, like at the beginning of, you know, biological evolution, you know, like there wow. was something swirling about. Um, and we, we wanted to figure out what we could do. We did not sit down at that, that whiteboarding session thinking we're going to start a podcast. No, we sure like, didn't. It was not anywhere on the radar. No. But as we sort of walked through some of the goals that we had for this thing we were going to do together and how we want to engage community in a deeper, more meaningful way, this is what this is what came out of that. Like, why don't we start a podcast? Why don't we start talking about the stuff that matters to us in a public forum and then invite people to be part of, uh, uh, of that conversation? Uh, people who support the podcast can be part of that conversation uh, you know, online together. And, and so in, in terms of like how we started, like, I think we're, I think we're doing those things. I think this, this podcast has, it has done that. But to me, what I think what's been really surprising and fun is that it's, it's totally surpassed my expectations and wishes for what it could be. Like yeah. the community part of it really has just exploded into something that I, I don't think I, I could have predicted uh, or yep. even known to even hope for, you know, two yeah. years ago. So it wasn't a question I even knew to ask. Yeah. So thank you, stars. Like you have really made the last two years a great joy. And I'm so, so glad that we did this. And I'm just so grateful that you've joined us on the journey for the last couple of years. So here we go, season three. Woohoo. Woohoo. Love it. Very exciting. Happy y'all are along on the ride with us. Thank <laughs> totally. you for being so. And if you're not, this is stars.com slash join. That's right. Uh, so this last week, um, gosh, the biggest part of our last week was Thanksgiving break. And we actually took a break. We actually took a break, what, which was great. It was a whole holiday weekend. We, had, we took four days. Because we didn't travel anywhere. Yeah. It was just time for ourselves and yeah. not having to like... Didn't have to entertain a relative. Yeah, or or be entertained or, you know, anything yeah. like that. So we just took, yeah, we Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I thought that maybe you were going to want to work over the weekend. And that, did, was, that was fine. I did too, but I was wrong. You were, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that you yeah. didn't. I'm, I mean, are you glad you didn't? Oh, so glad, Good. yeah. I, I think I'm really refreshed. Like, yeah. I, I really need a few weeks, but <laughs> a few days helped. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it really did. I think it, it, it gassed up my tank enough to get through the rest of this record I'm working on. Awesome. Like, and, and really be excited about it. Like, I, I worked all day on it yesterday and got great results and was stoked about it and awesome. had fun doing it. And, uh, and it was productive. Highly, yeah, totally. Probably in large part because you came into it with your cup full. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So that was great. It I was, definitely, uh, it, was, it was like in The Princess Bride when, uh, <laughs> when he's like, you know, well, I'm not going to kill you tonight. 
sweet dreams, Wesley, I'll probably kill you tomorrow. That's how I was feeling about work every morning when I woke up. You know? uh, wait, when did that up. happen in The Princess Bride? When uh, he's talking, when Wesley's recounting oh, The Princess oh, Buttercup, yes. how he became the Dread Pirate Robert. That's right, When yes. he was apprenticing. Of course, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I'll and, probably kill you in the morning. Yeah, that's yes. how it was about work. Like, I'll probably work in the morning, and then I didn't. Got it, got yeah. it. I, I feel you. Yeah, it was really fun. Thursday, we, we made a whole Thanksgiving dinner just for the two of us, uh, and it turned out like so good. A whole traditional Thanksgiving dinner, people. Turkey. Like all the stuff you'd imagine. Turkey, stuffing, sweet potatoes, mashed potatoes, because you got to have two kinds yep. of potatoes yep. on Thanksgiving. Green bean casserole. And, and green bean casserole. And we bought the pie from Costco because yep. it's you really have to do killer that. pie. Yep. Uh, but I made the whipped cream myself. Yeah. Uh, we made 10 people's worth of food for the two of us because like, it's impossible to make less than that when you're making these things. It's true. It's true. But then we ate out. We're still eating off it. Today's day six. We had sandwiches today. Yeah. All and the yesterday. sides are gone. Yeah. But I have to say, it turned out really good. Like yeah. it tasted to me like what Thanksgiving dinner is supposed it to was taste great. like. We did really, really well. I, like, you did well. Shan did the cooking. You, I was a crack and constant cleanup force. Like the ki- the kitchen was clean at all times. It was great. During the making of a full <laughs> Thanksgiving dinner. And that's an achievement. And I'm proud of that. <laughs> it was wonderful. And it turned out great. And it was really fun to do. And I was on speed dial with my mom all day checking yep. in on, you know, things I needed to remember how Which to do. Which made her entire day. It was fun. Yeah, it was, it very, was very fun. Um, and it was great to be able to just you know, do crossword puzzles together. And Shannon and hang I around. spent some time bonding people. That's what we good. did. You got to do it as a couple sometimes. You know, it's so easy just to get into a workaday mode. Of like you're yep. working, you're touching base, and you go to bed and you wake up and you just do it more. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we actually just had a lot of very intentional personal time and it was lovely. We did, yeah. uh, as Shannon mentioned, crossword puzzles. We watched some movies. We listened to records. Yeah. It was just really nice. We didn't really, we didn't leave the house. We just, no. around. Yeah, we did a really little good. bit of, uh, we started doing our uh, our yard prep for the winter. Like we had leaves that needed gathering. And yep. so we went outside to do that. One a final little trim and edge, just because like it's the time of year now where whatever your lawn's looking like right now is what it's going to look like for four and a half months. Yeah. So, you know, what if it looked nice? Yeah, so that's we're doing good. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was fun to be out there, you know, outside taking care of our yard. Um, and then that segued into me getting into this pressure washing uh a thing Shannon's that I've been a pressure doing. washing <laughs> demon, you guys. We borrowed the pressure washer from the neighbor, and I to borrow to borrow a joke format from Twitter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sex is good, but have you tried pressure washing a dirty sidewalk? <laughs> because <laughs> holy cow, it is so freaking fun. <laughs> like it's just so satisfying, and we haven't pressure washed in quite a while, and yeah. so and I didn't. I, I thought that our I thought that our sidewalks were kind of like a dark concrete. No, 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 no. They're regular no. colored. They're cement, light colored with like pebbles and things in them. Yeah. But they were very dirty. Yeah, and I'm still not even done. I've been doing a couple like we've of- kept it swept. Like it's it's vision. It, it looks it's always looked neat. But it's just dirty. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. deeply muddy and <laughs> dirty. Yeah. Like, I had no idea. But, like, ingrained. Exactly. Like, not the kind that, like, if you spray it with a hose, would come off, or if it rains, it comes off. It's right. like it's in It's in it. there. Yeah. Which is why you need the pressure but washer. But now it's not, because you have the That's pressure washer. That's right. It is so fun. <laughs> just the immediate results. Spraying. Like, if life were more like pressure washing, we'd just be all stoked all the time. You know? Like, <laughs> here's the thing that needs doing. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, it's the best. So, I've been having a lot of fun with that um and uh and and i'm still not done there's the side I'm not, i've moved on to the sidewalk so i i've got you know the sidewalk in front of our house so that mm-hmm. neighbors walking by won't slip and fall on the moss and the ice coming this yeah. winter yeah being a good citizen 
Yeah. Yeah. And also, we live in a litigious society. Last thing we need is for someone to do a slip and fall. Didn't you have a relative who used to do slip and falls as a means oh, of generating income? Yes. Yeah. I, so I know that's a thing that happens in the world. Yeah. I, okay. This is, a, this is a story that actually ties back to Thanksgiving. Uh, the last Thanksgiving I remember spending with my aunt. Uh-huh. She's, she passed away in, uh, I think, 2004 it mm-hmm. was. But the last Thanksgiving that I remember spending with her, uh, I was in college and she came over. My mom had made the big Thanksgiving dinner for everybody. And uh, when she left our house, she quote unquote slipped on a stair on the, fr- the front porch area. Uh-huh. And we, you know, went out to see if she's okay. And she's like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. About, um, when was it? Like a, a month or two later. It wasn't, it wasn't that long. It was, a, it was a couple months later. I was home from college on a weekend and, uh, and I, got, I had gotten home like on a Thursday night. So Friday morning, I'm home. There was a knock at the door. I opened the door and it's a lawyer serving my parents a lawsuit from my aunt. Oh my gosh. <laughs> who slipped on the stair at Thanksgiving and was now suing her sister. Her sister and brother-in-law. Oh my gosh. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. That's so sketchy. And she And let's not she called to ask them to help her with a medical bill. No. Oh gosh, no, 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 no. This was just, you know, and when confronted about it, she was like, Well, your your insurance company will just pay for it and take care of it. And that was that's how she justified being okay with suing a family member. Wow. <laughs> Did the words insurance fraud ever come to oh, conversation I with don't her? Know. Would she have even understood that that's a thing? Uh, or did she just think that they're like a weird piggy bank? I don't know. I don't know. She, you know, I, I'm I'm laughing about this and I'm kind of poking fun, yeah. but she also is a person who who didn't have much stability in her life, right. like emotionally, right. mentally. And so, you know, like I, I know that this is part of an outgrowth of that, but still really like, Bad behavior. <laughs> yeah. So I feel you know. bad about the mental wellness stuff. However, this is still an issue. It's still, yeah. <laughs> we so. still got to talk about the insurance fraud thing. Yeah. <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. So yes, um, so that 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 ties a nice little bow back to Thanksgiving and great, good uh, job, really good job. Slipping on front porch areas. Yeah, yeah. love it. Uh, should we take a little break? Yeah. Okay, let's take a little break, and then we're going to come back. And I'm excited because uh, we have been soliciting. Uh, listener questions from our Misfit Stars, and we've already got a couple of great ones. By the way, Misfit Stars, if you have more questions, we want them. We're going to put them in the bank. Send them to us. Uh, send us your questions. They can be fun questions, serious questions, big, small, whatever you want. Yep. Um, but we will pick a couple and answer them on the pod. And we've got a couple of good ones coming up for after the break. Stay tuned. See you soon. So nice to still be here with you. Yeah. <laughs> God, just plain infinitive. Terrible. So, uh, 
You know, while we were taking our uh, little break, I realized one more thing that I think what? that we're uh, is different now in the podcast than it was when we started. Oh yeah, what's that? I think when we started the podcast, you and I both felt very duty bound to have there be a point, a moral, to wrap it up at the end of the thing. You know, oh yeah, like there was a bow at the end yeah. of that, every episode, and that's and un- I, unrealistic. I, it is, and I, <laughs> yeah, it's on so many levels. It's 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 a lot of pressure like I understand that there are some things that are structured like there should be a moral at the end let's certainly have kids stories are structured right but like yeah real life is more complicated than that and sometimes it's okay just to talk about things yeah and you don't have to figure it all out and oh my end gosh. with an answer and I think it's probably healthier that we're not doing that oh for sure because lord knows we don't have it all figured out no <laughs> no yeah yeah I think that there is definitely a sort of a subtext for the first number of episodes of Shannon and Jamie figure things out. Oh my gosh. And I'm glad that we're unburdened of that. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. And I'm also glad that our <laughs> listeners are unburdened of that. I'm, yeah. I'm sure that that would have gotten real tedious. Maybe it did. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah. Now it's more like Shannon and Jamie are figuring things out yeah. along with other people who are figuring things out. Yeah. And, and will, will they figure it out? Who knows? Yeah. Stay tuned <laughs> for the next cliffhanger episode of Misfit Stars. Uh, totally. So uh, we got asked by our Misfit Star, our dear friend, Ginger. We're going to do two listener questions in this second yep. half. The first yeah. one's from Ginger. Uh-huh. And uh, she asked us, what are some jobs you've had? Some jobs. I love this question. It's like an opportunity to get on memory lane. Yeah. And uh, it's really fun. Do you want to start? Because you've got more jobs your job history is longer than mine. My job history is longer than yours, uh, and I'm not sure why. I think it's just because I bounced around more for a while. Maybe so. Uh, so let's start at the beginning. The very first job I ever had was at uh, our small town video store oh, uh-huh. in our 5,000-person town of Randolph, Vermont. It was actually, Randolph was 700 people. There, there were like seven towns in a township. It was a small place. Uh, but I worked at the video store. Uh, Remember video stores? Oh my gosh, it was the best. So inspiring. Oh my gosh. So people, if you've never been, check it out. It's like a record store, <laughs> but for videos. VHS tapes. You know? So yes, it's absolutely more convenient just to click around on your TV and find something. That's how we do it now too. It's how everyone does. But I'll tell you what, there's no serendipity in that. There is a weak-ass recommendation engine that recommends you like three or four things. But like you could just stand in one spot in a video store and just turn in a slow 360 and be exposed to an entire world of ideas. It's so true. It was so, so neat. And I uh, worked at a video store back when there were even still Betamax tapes. Oh my gosh. So for people who aren't old enough to remember, there used to be two kinds of video cassettes. Uh, There were the big ones, VHS, that's what won out format-wise. And there was the uh, smaller and technologically superior Betamax. They were smaller, they looked better, the sound was better. But like for various reasons, they just didn't win out. Uh, the, The bigger ones won. What? You mean capitalism doesn't produce the best quality product? Not in this instance. Strangely, strangely. Strangely, you'd think it would, right? The invisible hand of the free market and all that. Uh-huh, yeah. Frickin' bullshit. <laughs> so uh, notice how I didn't say fuck, by the way. Oh, good job Thank for you. not saying the thing you just said. Thank you. So the video store, you were like a clerk? I was a clerk, yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. I mean, you just, everyone did kind of everything unless you were a manager, of which there was one. Did there you was- have to rewind tapes? Oh, absolutely. We had the automatic rewinders, the fast yeah. rewinders. We had those for uh-huh. sure. Uh, there was no button. You just pushed it in and you, you put it in, like it, it defaulted to being sort of angry up. Sure. You put it in, you push it down, and when you push it down, it started rewinding it real fast, and as soon as it hit a stop, it popped it back up. That was it. Nice. Uh, 
my uh, did you get really good at alphabetizing things? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're right. It was more. It wasn't alphabetized. Oh, okay. That's not how they did it at the store. Okay. It was sometimes loosely thematic. It depended. Uh, but you know, my my time at the video store was inauspicious at best. I was fired from that job. Oh, why? Yeah, I've been fired from a number of jobs. Uh, <laughs> I have not. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised on on either count, really. <laughs> Why'd you get fired? Well, you know, they there were multiple things I should have been fired for. The things that I was doing, uh, I was uh, I was stealing money from work. Oh, Jamie! So anytime, so, what I know. So <gasps> the rental was a dollar ninety nine. There was eight cent sales tax in Vermont at that time, so it was two dollars and seven cents. And so whenever anyone came in with two dollars, a nickel, and uh, two pennies. Uh, I would just not ring it in. I would just put it in a little stash off to the side in the shelf. And then I would just collect that stash and put it in my pocket what? at the end of the day. Or I would go buy a submarine sandwich that across the street for lunch. That is wrong. I know that now. Oh my God. I knew it in an abstract way at the time, but also like I didn't have a very strong moral compass when I was a kid. I had a kind of traumatic childhood. How old were you at the video store job? I was 15, 16. Oh, that explains me. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I just, I, it was a thing I figured out I could do. Like I always felt poor. I always felt scarcity around money when I was a kid. I never really had any and like, I had friends that could buy things and I couldn't. And, you know, there were ways I justified it to myself. Like the owner drives a nice car. She doesn't, it's just $2. She doesn't need this. There know? are ways we justify things. Yeah, yeah totally. It was all bad. Uh, other things I was doing included uh, taking pornography. Oh yeah, I was taking pornography home and watching it. You know, which when you're 15, 16, I think probably puts your boss in a pretty uncool position. Yeah, you know? uh-huh. I was also sometimes watching pornography in the store <laughs> during... <laughs> After work hours. Oh, no. Also, sometimes I was watching pornography in the store during doors open hours. And I was actually like... Oh, my god! ...surprised by a customer I didn't realize was in the store. Not once, but like two times. Oh. Watching pornography on large screen television. The same customer no, or two different, different customers? customers? They were both very understanding, you know? Wow. Yeah. Uh... Sure, surely very often. Is that awkward. why you got fired? It's not. It was the money thing. The money thing. Yeah, totally. But I was I was not a good video store employee. No. I mean, I was personable and charming and very knowledgeable, you know, to the degree a 15-year-old could be about, like, current titles and stuff like Criminals that. Criminals are often personable and charming. Yeah. Ted Bundy, <laughs> real good looking. You know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. So, Who are you? Who are you? I've changed, Shannon. Oh, I I've changed. Okay. So uh, that, was my, that was my debut, okay. my entree into the working world, you know? Uh, so we really have to segue into my first job directly after that story yes. because I worked at a Bible bookstore <laughs> <laughs> for my first job. Well, you put your first job and my first job in the same space and they both disappear. They do. It's like matter and antimatter. <laughs> they cancel each other cancel out. out. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I Besides babysitting, I mean, I was a babysitter, you know. Oh, was, I was too. It, I didn't mention that, but I was It's kind of like everybody does that at some yeah. point, you know, but. Uh, if you're not a complete idiot, you get to babysit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I stopped babysitting sometime shortly after my next door neighbor that I was babysitting for, a seven-year-old little girl, chased me around her parents' house with a butcher knife. That's not cool. Uh, yeah, so that that kind of like, I stopped. Was she, did you think she would have done something if she had caught you? I, you know, uh, I don't know. I, it was pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> did you like barricade yourself in a bathroom? How did it end? I was, she was, I, I was like, I was able to get to the phone uh, to call my mom to have her come. It was literally next door to our house. Yeah. So she, my mom was able to come over 
and I I was just like we were there was an island in the kitchen and yeah. we, I was, we were kind of like circling the island like and right. I was just trying to like maintain keeping the cord over her head which is not hard because she's seven <laughs> <laughs> Keeping the cord out of knife's reach. Right. It was, yeah, it was like a horror movie. Anyways, Jeez. so besides babysitting, my first job was at a Bible bookstore uh, where we sold Bibles and books and gifts and music. Right. And I uh, was really big time into the the CCM music thing at the time. Contemporary I mean, a- Christian music. Amy Grant was my hero. Yep. Um, you wore your hair like her. I definitely wore my hair like her yeah. at the Bible bookstore yeah. when I was working. And, um, but you know, that was a really fun job. I, like I, I, um, I worked with some people. In fact, we got, we got our first Christmas card in the mail today from a friend and yes, I worked with Jamie Stavanger at, at the, the Bible house in Stockton. I uh, so, love it. I mean, I, I have friends there, you know. I love what's called the Bible house too. That's right. What a low yeah. rent name. It, it was, it was, a, it was a, it was a high class place. What are you talking about? No, of course it yeah. was. Yeah, because yeah. of Jesus and whatnot. But, yeah. <laughs> but like, just the name. It's like, did they put all the creativity into the name? Oh, it was. Uh, come on. It's like it's I, like if you're selling. If, it's like if you have a breakfast place and you call it Pancake House. Like, well, really? Okay, but it gets the job done, and yeah. it, and it's a very homey I mean. feeling thing. Yeah. yeah, it's a great day at the Bible House. How may I help you? Like wow. that's how we answered the phone. It was a it was a homey family vibe, and it was great. Um, I, I love that job. Um, it, there, it, getting to uh, be a person who interacts with customers, with the public was interesting. Sure. You know, cause there were some who were like super, you know, fun to work with and help them, you know, help them pick out a gift for their grandma or whatever, you know, that was fun to do. Yeah. And then there were some who were just really, really weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and we would have to figure out, we'd like, you know, uh, the the people on uh, working a shift would you know huddle in the the back office like what are we gonna do about so and so like being weird in the in the apocalypse aisle <laughs> like there's because there's like the whole like section of books about like the apocalypse anyway uh, it was it was a fun job um, my one of my favorite parts of that job was that I was one of the people who got trained to do Bible engraving, which is like on a leather bound Bible, sure. you can like, you know, put an engraved name. And so yeah. I got to do that. It was just like wow. imprinting with like gold leaf, you know, on yeah. the, but it was really fun to do. It felt very important. Like here's somebody's treasured possession that I'm going to put their name on it for all time. Like, you know, that some Bible that you engraved is for sure has been handed oh, down yeah, absolutely. to like some kid by their like beloved Nana or something like Probably that. Probably so. That's wonderful. I know. So that was my first job. Uh, we did not watch pornography at the Bible house. <laughs> well, you know, there's always room for improvement. In fact, we had a section about por- uh, books about uh, how to fend off pornography. Wow, it literally was the opposite of my job. <laughs> we had a special little room dedicated to not fending off pornography. <laughs> Okay, you're up next. What was your next job? So uh, my next job, second high school job. I'll just do my next two high school jobs. Okay, great. I had three jobs in high school. My second one was uh, I worked at our local newspaper's printing press. Cool. So the newspaper uh, came out and still comes out every Thursday. And so it was a Wednesday afternoon into night job. Oh, fun. Uh, And that's basically like they would print off all the different sections. There was an A and a B always, sometimes a C. And sometimes there would be an insert or a circular or something that had to go inside Uh of it. And basically, we would just put C into B into A all of the time. Oh, wow. And then also, we would put all the labels on because, like, they had to get 
get put on manually. We didn't have a machine for that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So just like taking label, putting on, taking label, putting on. Wow. For the, you know, few thousand people who were subscribers. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. And then like sorting them because you had to sort them for the post office. You know, uh-huh. when you're doing bulk mailing, you can't just take it in a higgledy-piggledy fashion over to the post office. You have to take the Brookfield stuff and the Braintree stuff and the East Braintree oh, stuff okay. all separately, you know, cool. to make it easier for them. And they give you a discounted rate if you do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... I loved it. I loved it so, so much. I worked with a couple of friends uh, who are like still friends, uh, which is wonderful. And I came home and took a shower immediately because I came home <laughs> covered in ink. Right. And ink I also bet. completely up my nose and like in all, like I, 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 would, oh my I would cough out and blow out like various like decreasingly dark shades of gray for the next day. Oh my gosh, that can't be good for you. Nope. <laughs> but you know what? I was a kid. You regenerate you, at that you age. You put weirder stuff up your nose. Yeah, I'm sure. absolutely, absolutely. And you know, you're like a starfish when you're 16 years old. You regenerate. You know what I mean? Uh, the yeah. cells just heal uh-huh. themselves magically yes. somehow. The cancer stuff doesn't start till later. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, and speaking of which, I saw some photos recently. Someone sent one of these. My kids, my my friends, who as kids. I haven't phrased this well at all. One of the other kids who did Wait, this with me. Wait, you have kids? What? So there's a lot I got to talk to you about, Shannon. No, one of the other kids who was at this job with me recently sent me a photo of all of us at work. Oh. And uh, like in the background, the two adults are like smoking. Both of them are. Oh, how funny. You know what I mean? Indoors in a printing press. Like, oh my gosh. I figure at that point, if you're, if you're already a printing press, all bets are off, you That's know? That's right. Like whatever. You're not going to do worse to your lungs. You're in a printing press. So <laughs> here, kids, have some cigarettes. Um, so that was great. That was a fun job. And then uh, between my senior year of college and my fresh, senior year of high school, freshman year of college, I spent an entire summer doing yard work. So uh, Other people's yard work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I worked for one, uh, like, classmate's dad. Okay. He had kind of, like, a, a bigger property and just always had projects. Like, sometimes I was, like, you know, operating a tractor and doing something or other. Sometimes Whoa. I was cutting wood manually with an axe and stacking it. Wow. You know, like, uh-huh. like chopping and stacking two cords of wood, you know, like, manually with an axe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes I was just like, you know, mowing or doing gardening or mm-hmm. just whatever the hell. I was like utility helper around the house. Right on. Yeah, it was cool. It was like six hours a day, something like that. Sometimes eight. Uh, got paid by the hour. Wow. Yeah. He said the most memorable thing to me. So this guy was wonderful, total character. He was a songwriter. Uh, he had had a couple of minor hits in the 70s, okay. sort of in the Americana space, uh-huh. and then ended up just going on to write songs for other people. You know, he wrote uh-huh. a song that was covered by Dr. Hook, which was like a funk band, soul wow. band in the 70s. It was like a big hit, top 10 hit. And so he's getting residuals from that. He wrote the FAO Schwartz clock song. Oh, that's this guy. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Hear the clock tick tock while the children play. That yeah, one, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's in like, it's in that Tom Hanks movie Big. Like, yes, that, that song's of course. got its own legs. Yeah. He wrote that. So he was like a songwriter and did a lot of jingles and stuff like that. But he was like this colorful, blustery guy, gruff, really hard of gold, but just like gruff and, and always like oh, hurried funny. and kind of like spaced out. Uh-huh. And he said the best thing to me one time. He said a lot of great things, but the single best thing he ever said to me, he was explaining to me why we were going to be doing this cash and off the books, uh, as opposed to, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> as opposed to doing, you know, on payroll on or whatever. Payroll, okay. Yeah. He's uh-huh. like, cause, it, cause then you, you know, if you, if you do it on the books, then you gotta do taxes and you gotta file all these quarterlies. And that's just, that's just a whole other can of bullshit that I don't even want to get into. A can of bullshit. <laughs> so many good things there. First of all, 
bullshit coming in cans. I don't. I didn't realize that was a thing. And then if it did, that you would get in there with it. I loved it. It's just the, everything about how that sentence was constructed has resonated with me for like 35 years at this in point. In fact, I have heard you use the phrase can of bullshit. Yeah, that's just a whole other can of bullshit that I don't even want to get into. Well, thank you, Bobby. Yep, absolutely true. That's amazing. Well, my next job after the bookstore was, um, it was my summer and my summer job from, like end of high school through college and after college for a couple of years as well. Um, and I, I started out working at, it was all at the, working at this day camp at my church. Yeah. And I started out working as a counselor. I started off originally as a volunteer. When I was in high school, I would volunteer to, you know, just to help out with the day camp. And then as soon as I could apply for an actual job, yeah. I applied to be a counselor and so uh, this was a, day, a summer day camp that we that we ran. Um, it happened. It was like ten weeks long during the summer. So like it was great for uh, families who like w- with you know parents who work who you know as an alternative to childcare, right. they could put their kids in camp. And we were doing much more fun stuff than just yeah. you know watching them throughout the day. We had field trips and you know big field trips and little ones. Like we would you know uh, go to the we take some of the kids to go. Bowling, ah. we'd go swimming, we'd go um, places to go hiking. We yep. would Mount and Di, maybe. We would do, yep, there was some Mount Diablo hikes for sure. Um, we, and then we had a couple of bigger field trips each week too, which were like the highlight events. We would go to like Marine World Six Flags, Whoa. or we'd go to the San Francisco Zoo, or we would go, you know, some big, some big trip, some wa- water slide park, you know, awesome. or something like that. So, um, so as a counselor, it was really fun. It was exhausting. Like, sure the most tiring job I've ever had in my life because as a counselor, I was responsible for like, usually between like uh, 12 and 16 kids that were yeah. in my unit, you know? And I would have a high school volunteer that was like my 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 counselor's aide, you know, um, who would help out with stuff. But I was in charge of these kids. And, you know, uh, the, the most tiring unit to be in charge of was the youngest kids. Of course. We, we had them split up by colors, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple. Red were the littlest kids and the purple unit was the oldest kids. Aww. So the red unit, holy moly. These were like four and five-year-olds. Oh, gosh. <sighs> One four or five-year-old is enough. And I had like, you know, 15 of them at a time. And oh my gosh. I would come home from a day working at day camp and just absolutely fall flat on my face <laughs> and sleep. Like it was so exhausting, but also so much fun. And like now, um, I mean, that was so many years ago at this point that, you know, I I actually am in touch with a couple of people of kids who were my campers Aww. way back then. They're obviously grown ass adults now with their own kids and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. How weird! But you know, um, it, it's it's really fun to have had to have those memories with with the kids, and um, it was it was a fun job, and I kept that job in the summer times, and I ended up becoming uh, uh, the director of the camp in my last no couple of years deal. there. Yeah, well, you know, it was actually when I think back on it, it was a pretty huge responsibility for somebody in her early twenties. Absolutely, to be, I mean, director of the camp meant you know. Organizing all the registration mm-hmm. and getting everybody's you know liability worked out with their parents you know yeah. signatures on stuff, and then 
a hiring, coordinating all the travel, hiring the staff, yeah. you know, interviewing people and hiring the staff, training them, wow. co- coordinating all the events, all the schedules. I mean, like every, every, you know, every day there were units moving all around town doing different activities and, you know, getting all that stuff sort of like planned out. It was a big, big job. Um, and it was really fun. I really, I really enjoyed that job. And, uh, and that was, it was, it's, it's a fun memory to think back on that time in my life. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I'll segue into my college jobs. Okay. So uh, I worked uh, at Telefund at my university all the way through, all four years. That was like uh, the fundraising? Yeah, it's where you call people, you call alumni and, yeah. you, and you ask them for money. You right, know? right, right, right. Uh, and I was really good at it. Uh, I, was, I was good at doing that. I was personable, charming. Personable. Criminal. Charming. Yeah, criminal. <laughs> yeah. Interested in working angles for myself. And there were angles to work, which is great because there was a bonus system, you know? Right. And it was a healthy example of a way to channel that impulse. Sure. You yeah. know? Uh-huh. Before I had to create my own bonuses, this one had them built in. <laughs> oh, my <God. laughs> oh, my God. Creating your own bonuses. That's, that's, that's right? a twist. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. It sounds so much nicer than petty larceny, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, it was good. I really enjoyed it. I was good at it. I was able to, uh, you know, I, I had to work during college. Uh, and it, w- it was good. Like, I was able to make enough money doing that. It was like four hours a night. And theoretically, you did two shifts a week. But I would do three or four, typically. Uh-huh. You know? Uh, and the, the person running it, her name was Kathy. She was wonderful. Uh, and she would let me do extra shifts because cool. I was really good at it and I was making the school a bunch of money. Like yeah. she, they put me at a certain point just on the high high dollar accounts. Like I was calling people who had given $10,000 and trying to get them to give 11. Wow. You know? Which when you're like 18 years old is a kind of a big thing. You totally. Know? But, Which is why you are so, like every time somebody from Tufts calls you mm-hmm. for money, you are just like, you talk to them for like a half an hour. You're super like interested in like asking how they're doing. And you're yeah. like, I worked at Telefund too. It's and, true. And you're like, you make sure to give them a little, you know, what's your bonus? How can I help you get your bonus today? It's yeah. very cute. Ah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. No, I really appreciate them. Uh, and I empathize with them for sure. Totally. Uh, and then uh, also between in the summer between uh, my freshman and sophomore years, yeah. I was for one year also uh, a camp counselor. Oh, okay. But it was at this thing, it was called Explorations. And it was uh, held on the campus of Wellesley College, which is just like 20 minutes outside of Boston. Yeah. It's basically Boston. Yeah. And uh, it was a six-week thing split up into two, three-week sessions with a few few days in between. Okay. Uh, and kids could come for either the first session, the second session, or sure. both uh-huh. for the whole six weeks. And it was like exactly 50-50 summer camp and college prep summers. Oh, cool. Like, uh-huh. Not summer school exactly, but like sort of college-level light classes that you could just pick a couple and take oh, them, okay. you know, and you had to. So it was like, it was like academic summer camp for bright, like advanced kids. Right. You know, it was really, really neat. And I was sort of, I wasn't uh, teaching anyone anything. Uh, I wasn't old enough to do that. I didn't have enough experience, but I was kind of a utility person. I worked in the mail room and I, uh, I, I just did other random stuff to help out, you know? Cool. I was like, a, I was like a, a like a utility person. It was, fun. but it was great. It was really, really fun. I met some people there uh, who are to this day like, r- like lifelong friends. Yeah, that's um, so neat. Yeah, uh, I have my, my friends uh, Catherine mm-hmm. and uh, and Michelle. Mm-hmm. Uh, that like they're still like really dear friends, mm-hmm. like really dear friends. Uh, and they were both campers when mm-hmm. I was a counselor because I was like the youngest counselor. I was 
barely 18. I was like 18 and a half. Oh, I see. So they know? were more like your peers, even though they were campers. Yeah, that's right. Like my friend Catherine is only six months younger than me. But she was, but she was from Taiwan and they stay at high, they have 13 years of, uh, of, of schooling, oh, like element, like pre-college yeah, education. Exactly. Right. Like they have like basically five years of high school instead of four. Okay. Uh, and so, uh, she was like before her senior year of college, but only half a year younger than me, uh-huh. even though I was already done one year of college. And then my friend Michelle was like three years younger, but an old soul. And, you know, we all just, we all bonded. And it was great. That's cool. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that was, was a cool job. I only did it for the one time. Uh, and then I just, for the rest of uh, school, just did telefund in the summers also. Right on. Yeah. So uh, how about you? What oh, was yeah. next for you? So next for me, after I graduated college, um, I did do the the day camp in the summertime. But uh, during the school year, um, I worked as a substitute teacher. That's when I first started subbing was right after college. Wow. And substitute teaching was a, a feature of my life for many years to come. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I started it right after college. And, uh, and I was, you know, subbing in my old school district where I grew up, like the schools I went to. You know, um, so I'd get assigned, you know, just kind of randomly all over the the, the district. Um, and But then I believe it was my second year doing it within like the first, um, the first month of school, it was like week two of the school year. I got a call from, uh, this is, before, it's all automated by computer now, but like, um, but back then it was just a human being that would call in the morning and be like, hey, can you go to such and such a school at this time? What a place? terrible job. I know, right? So she called and she's like, hey, uh, we have this uh, a vacancy that we need someone to come in for the whole week at Lincoln High School, which is where I went to high school. I graduated from high school uh, in the special ed department can you come and sub for a whole week? And I'm like, sure, let's do that. I can absolutely sub for a whole week. And at the end of the week, uh, I got another phone call. and like, actually, you know what? Um, we, can you come back next week? And when I had gotten there for the first week, there weren't any lesson plans. I kind of had to just make it up as I went along. Um, and so I'm like, okay, sure. I, I'm sure I can come back for the next week. And I was starting to get the hang of it. So that was okay. Well, two weeks then turned into a month. And at some point in there, I'm like, where is the teacher? Because like, it was the very beginning of the school year. And, uh, and the kids were asking, where's the teacher? You know, I don't remember his name. But it turns out he was a new hire. It was a brand new job for this person uh, that year. And like, he got a couple weeks into school and just took off. Like, Couldn't hack it. Just didn't, but didn't tell anybody where, I love it. where he was going. I love it. Or like what he was doing. So they were trying to figure out in real time as I was trying to figure out in real time. So after a month, uh, I, you know, I was really in the swing of things. I had made lesson plans for this, the class. I was teaching uh, history, U.S. history to special ed, a small special ed class. Mm. Um, so I had a couple of U.S. history classes uh, and I had a study, a couple of study skills classes. Um that I was just helping kids with their homework for other classes, right. essentially, you know, um, and and you know, doing doing okay at it. And a, after a month, the there's like rules about like a, a, a non-credentialed teacher can't stay in the classroom for longer than a month. Yeah, and so I had kind of like you can't be acting director of DHS for longer <laughs> than a month, like that. Except for they break those rules at the mm. White House. Anyway, so yes, but so that they, but at this point they knew that the teacher wasn't coming back. And so I had to leave the classroom for a couple of weeks in this interim period where the, the, the school district 
college actually gave me a waiver of my credential, my teaching credential, because um, I only had my emergency substitute credential, right? right. But they gave me a waiver of, of my credential so that I could remain in this classroom for the remainder of the school year. And so here I am, like a 22, 23-year-old. I mean, like I was super young. I hadn't gone to school to be a teacher. I, I had a degree in biology. Um, I mean, I was thrown into the deep end doing, you know, this special ed. It was kids with learning disabilities, um, you know, teaching them U.S. history and study skills. Uh, and and also, I became responsible for uh, for running all of their, like, I, for writing their IEP reports and running the IEP meetings, like these special, like, learning plans for kids with special needs, you know, like coordinating with the school psychologist who would test them and figure out what their specific needs are and write them into a plan. And, like, there's these, you know, meetings with the counselor and the psychologist and the parents. And I was running those things by the end of the year wow. for my my group of kids. Um, and man, that was a lot of work. And it was really rewarding work in a lot of ways. Yeah. It was really hard, really hard work um, a lot of days. Um, and it was one of those things that at the end of the school year, they they wanted to keep me on staff. They wanted, you know, they're like, hey, we would be, we would, we want to offer you a contract to continue doing this job. Um, you will have to start working towards your credential you know, and actually get your your actual teaching credential. Uh, but we will help you pay for that. And, you know, like, here's this full salaried job with benefits and all that, you know. And I had to really think about it because at that time in my life, I had already known for a couple of years that I really wanted to pursue music yeah. as my life's work. And I was still very much in the beginning stages of figuring out what that might look like. Um, it was during that same year of teaching uh, special ed that I started my band. Right. Um, and so, uh, you Man, know, like, so much going on, so much going on. And so I have, and so at the end of that year, when they're like, we want to offer you a contract to stay on as a teacher. I was really like, it was like a fork in the road of my life. Like wow. I really could have like chosen door a <laughs> and been a, and become a teacher and done. I, I could have become a special ed teacher in my wow. life. Or door door B, which was the calling that I really felt compelled to, and that is what I chose. You know, like I, I felt very, um, I felt very satisfied with the work I was doing as a special ed teacher. It felt very rewarding. Sure, it was. You know, um, there were so many good things about it, but it wasn't the thing that I felt my soul being pulled to do. Right, and so and when I, you're 22, 23, that's the way you should go. Yeah, well, that's what I did. That's good. So, but it was it was a really really interesting job. Um, Super rewarding. I'm glad I did it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So we're in just post oh, right gosh. out of college we jobs, gotta get right? Going, yeah. Yeah. So uh I can collapse the next number of years. I can I can collapse age like 21 through 23 thusly. Okay. So my first job out of college, uh, I I got a job like within a week of graduation. Uh-huh. And it was a digital prepress place. So prepress is the missing piece in the chain between graphic design and something appearing printed somewhere. Okay. It's where you take the graphic design and you make it so it's going to print right. Okay. Uh, and I worked at a, a digital prepress company in Boston. It was one of the very first ones because it was 1994 and like it was a brand new industry then. It had only been around for a few years because right. the desktop publishing revolution started really in like 1990, 1991 like with like very early Macintosh computers. Oh my gosh, right? totally. And so there had, there's sprung up this industry 
industry to make all the things that people designed on their Macintosh computers right. print properly in the real world, uh -huh. in the corporeal world, physically with ink on some sort of paper substrate, uh -huh. you know? And... Uh, and so I learned a bunch of craft design stuff there. That's what that job was for me. I learned. I became, I'm so grateful that you learned all those things. Oh my gosh! Right. We, we so use that all the time all, around here. All the time. <laughs> the most useful job I've ever had in my life in terms of subsequent life skills. You mean it's it wasn't a, the porno job? Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> that gave me a healthy interest in you know human sexuality, oh my gosh. which you know I think is healthy I'm for so a young sorry man. Sorry for derailing you. Oh, you didn't derail me. We're talking about <laughs> sex now. <laughs> <laughs> and I still am, in my heart, a horny 15-year-old, right? <laughs> That's a goal anyway. Uh, so Graphics Express, uh, I was at that job for about a year, and then my college girlfriend and I decided to move to San Francisco. Yes. And I got a, basically just the same job, but in San Francisco got it. at a better place. Uh, well, equally good place, but like more high tech. Got it. Because it was San Francisco and a little bit ahead in terms of tech sure. things. How fun. Oh, it was great. Yeah, totally. And I sort of got a better type of job too. I took the stuff that I had learned at my more entry-level position uh -huh. at the f first job and got like a better position, a higher up position. Cool. And I was doing all kinds of cool, like really cool, like photo retouching for such and Saatchi, like, advertising company ads. And it's, like, really high-end stuff. Cool. It was really nifty. I was doing, like, uh, the color separations for, like, Gloria Ferrer gift champagne boxes for Christmas <laughs> with, like, like six-color and four metallic ink print jobs. It was, like, really detailed and ornate. It was nifty. That's so cool. So did that. Uh, I quit that job in a huff uh, one day. The owner was sort of a tyrant, and, he, like, he was the kind of person who liked to chew you out in front of a client for something that was his fault. Oh. Oh, that's terrible. And he did that one day to me, uh, and the next day I walked in and I quit. Good and I felt you. great about that. Good for you. And then after that, I had a series of temp jobs, uh, just quick succession, just like two weeks here, two weeks there, yeah. you know, three months at the longest yeah. at whatever place, you know, just doing like contract work or whatever. There's mm -hmm. a lot of it, uh, temp slash contract work on the ground in San Francisco. And uh, one of those contracts, I got hired on at Wells Fargo for a two-week contract to, uh, they had just bought a bank, like First Interstate or something like that. Okay. And so they were, we were ingesting all the First Interstate computers. I had to suck all the data off, upload them to a server, and wipe the drive clean, toss it in a box, do the next one. Okay. Just total, like, monkey work. Yeah. And I ended up being at Wells Fargo for seven years. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, it wasn't, you know. It kept getting worse and well, worse and worse. yeah. Uh, I mean, you were making good money, and it was a stable job and all that. But yep. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. The job was the job was stable. I was increasingly less so. Yeah. And it became less good of a match. And that's a job I had when I got sober, uh, which brings me almost to the end of my work history. So why don't we go back to you? Okay, so okay. you uh, did radio for a while. I did radio for a while. So uh, yeah, in, I was, I, the substitute teaching thing just you know until I stopped subbing was it was a figure in my life here and there forever. You right? can always do it. Yeah. But in uh, I was living in Sacramento uh, and. And the school year was not year round for most school districts around there. So, right. like Just during a traditional the summer, school year. Yeah. yeah, for this one summer, I was not, I was faced with oh, I, I don't have a job for the summer. What am I going to do? Well, my sister had had this uh, this job a year previously or something uh, in, the, in in the year previously, where she was because uh, she she studied. Um, uh, broadcast journalism, broadcast, right? Broadcast journalism, yes. Yeah. So she was doing this job. She was substituting for traffic reporters at this uh, place called Metro Networks, right. which provided uh, traffic information for radio stations. You know, so the traffic reporter comes on. It's not typically somebody in-house at the radio station. It's usually really? somebody at a central location uh, that's giving traffic reports, supplying traffic reports for many radio stations in the area 
you know. Is that why station A in a market will have traffic and weather on the nines and then uh, like no other one, like all the other ones in that market will be traffic and weather on the eights, traffic and weather on the sevens. Oh yeah, totally. Because it's the same person doing it and they're doing one per minute. Exactly. Holy cow. I mean, and and not, yeah. I mean, so each, each reporter at this Metro Networks had their stations that they were responsible for. And usually, you know, it was anywhere between like three and seven stations that they were covering in any shift. Wow. You know, and so, um, uh, so I, I, I asked my sister's boss, like I had, I had met her and I'm like, do you have a need for a substitute, you know, reporter? Is this something that I could even learn to do? <laughs> you know? And so she trained me and it turned out I, I was okay at, okay enough at doing it <laughs> that I, I, I started working as a sub for people who were like going on summer vacations or whatever, you know? So I was filling in as a traffic reporter and I, I met some dear friends uh, at this job. Shout um, out to our buddy, Margaret. Margaret, who is a misfit star, in fact. Yeah. Uh, so there are there are still people in my life that I met and became friends with during this time. One of the most fun parts about this job and uh, and how I how I earned a nickname that my friend Margaret uses with me. Um, one of the stations that we all worked for at some point or another, filling in or whatever, was this uh, station called Cat Country, which it was spelled K A T K O U N T R Y. Cat I love Country, it. Yeah. right? Um, and all of the personalities on this radio station were. They had some cat name, some cat-related name, like, like a showbiz a cat name, feline name. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so all the traffic reporters had to come up with a, a feline name to be on air, right? Did you have an alias for all the stations? For a lot of the stations, I, w- I had yeah different names that I would use for different stations. Wow. Yeah. Sometimes they didn't care, and I could just use my name, you know, whatever. But for Cat Country, I, I had I was filling in. I needed a name, and so I asked my friends Margaret and Scott uh, at Metro. I'm like. I need I need a cat name. Come up with a cat name for me. And so they they christened me Sheba Lynx. Sheba Lynx. <laughs> That's so and epic. So, <laughs> so if you ever hear my friend Margaret refer to me as Sheebs. That's why. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's amazing. I just picture you in like a jungle camouflage bikini, like a leopard print bikini. Oh my gosh, of course you do. Right? It all comes back to the porno movies. <laughs> oh, rude. Rude, Shannon. <laughs> but so the Metro Networks job transitioned into uh uh, a situation where I was doing this on a much more uh, full-time basis, um, that that winter, I think it was that winter, or one of the Decembers, one of the, one of the ladies, uh, women that I filled in for got shingles. And so I had to fill in for her stations. She was out sick for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was filling in for her for well over a month. And during that period of time, one of her stations was a rock alternative station in Sacramento called Quad 106.5. And, uh, and, and, and I, I was doing afternoon traffic, you know, with, with Quad 106.5. And the, the afternoon DJ... Boomer uh, was uh, uh, was going to be at the new year starting his own morning show at this radio station. And so he recruited me to, to join the morning show. Wow. So I made, at the first of the year, I made the jump to uh, to working uh, this mor- the morning show. You were an on-air personality. Uh, five days a week, Monday through Friday at Quad 106.5. We had the, the radio station was on the, the 26th floor of like the tallest building in Sacramento. Wow. <laughs> you know, it was, we were on like the top floor and the studios looked out over the city and we watched the sunrise over the Sierra Mountains uh, every morning. That's cool. Um, it was a really 
really cool. On the downside, you were up to watch the sunrise. Yeah, well, that is the big downside because the show started late for a morning show. It started at six, which is kind of on the late side. They usually start at five. Um, and so I had to be in work by like 5.30 in the morning to prep because I was not just the traffic reporter. I was the traffic reporter, the news. I, I did the, the news hits at the top of every hour. Sure. Uh, and the weather, of course. Yep. Um, and then I also produced uh, like a music news segment that would air throughout the day right a couple on. different times. And you were also just a general purpose punching bag. And I was the only female, uh, the only woman on staff. There. We had some, we had another woman who was uh, a volunteer, like an intern, you know, but uh, I was the only woman on the show. There were two male DJs and it was a rock alternative station. It was very clearly explained to me when I got this job that their target demographic was 18 to 35-year-old males. Uh, <laughs> and so if you want to just imagine the kind of content that, <laughs> that a rock alternative station appealing to 18 to 35-year-old males might be, it had a lot of things that would make, uh, you know, me blush sure. <laughs> or become irate at, which I think they thought was an asset to the show. <laughs> so, right. Right. <laughs> right. So, you know, I, it was actually a really fun job. I mean, it was hard for me. Um, I, I had a hard time, a hard relationship with one of the DJs at the time we were, when we were there, he and I are actually friends now and we've, we've reconciled and that's really lovely. Yes. Um, but the main DJ Boomer, I loved being on air with him. He was just really fun, super smart, funny guy. Yeah. And it was really fun to riff, you know, on stuff with him on air. And, and he was always very creative and coming up with various bits that they did and stuff. And it was a genuinely fun job. Uh, at the end of that year, um, you know, actually one of the highlights, and I'm going on forever. I'm so sorry. But like one of the highlights. Never apologize. Okay, fine. One of, not the highlights, but one of the things that stands out for me about that job was that this was the year 2001. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, like a space odyssey. That's surely what you were thinking. No, it was, no? I was, uh, I was, I was on air. Uh, I had just, we had just gotten on air the morning of 9-11. Um. And I was, the, the, I, I would get news over this like very old computer. It was like, or maybe it wasn't old at the time. It was, but I remember it was like one of those DOS screens. Like it was green, you know, and it was just like- Monochromatic green. Yeah, just like text coming over sure. the news wire, you know, essentially of, right. of stuff that I that was supposed to report on. And I remember seeing, it was unusual to see like a blank screen. Usually it was filled with text. You right. know, I needed to sort through what was important, to, you know, to report on the news. And on that morning, there was like a blank screen, but just one short line of text that says dual engine aircraft crashes into World Trade Center. Yeah. And I'm like, dual engine aircraft. I'm like, what, what exactly is that? Is it like a prop plane? I didn't know what that was. I, right. I was thinking it was just like, oh, okay, whatever. It's like someone took a personal pleasure yeah. craft out of Manhattan and screwed up. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, and it, of course, that's not what happened. But my memory of 9-11 is that uh, we, we were on air that morning. Um, we were on air watching what everybody else was watching when the towers fell. Right. And, um, and you know, me trying to gather whatever news. I'm, I, clearly people who were like interested in the news aspect of this were, were probably not listening to Quad <laughs> for the news. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, it was still my job to gather news and report on what I could find out about what was going on. And, um, and now Lincoln Park. <laughs> well, we weren't playing much music. I mean, it was a lot of people calling in and, mm. you know, it, it did become, you know, what, what I think radio stations have been for people over time. And I'm not sure that they really are this as much anymore, but it was a place for people to 
feel like they were experiencing something together with right. others, you know? Sure. So lots of call-ins, lots of, you know, people just sharing um, the experience, sharing their feelings. Um, it was it was a really interesting morning. We didn't, the show usually ended at 11. Uh, it was 6 to 11. We stayed on air to like 2 or 3 that afternoon. Right. You know, we didn't leave. And uh, and so that that was my memory of, of that morning and being there. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was like a significant part of that job that I will never, ever forget. Wow. Um, but I left that job at the end of that year uh, because I really wanted to start taking my music more seriously. The band was going to be traveling more frequently and um, I really wanted to pour myself more into that. And so uh, that's when I quit the radio job. And at this point, you and I are both kind of at the place where we started really taking the music thing more seriously yeah. and transitioning. Yeah. For me, what that looked like is, uh, so when I got sober, I immediately started doing live sound in nightclubs. Uh, it was a way to get better at engineering and to make money doing nothing but music, you know? Yeah. It was a cash gig, which was wonderful. It was like 80 bucks uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 100 bucks Friday, Saturday, wow. Sunday, you know, yeah. more prestige gigs. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I quickly started uh, catching the ear of different bands and managers and stuff. And I started getting taken on, you know, first little trips like South by Southwest for a few days and back, you know, mixing higher profile gigs around town, you know. Mm -hmm. And then I started getting taken on tour. And then I toured for seven years. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I started out at the very, very bottom doing uh, van and trailer tours for bands on sub pop records mm -hmm. and things like that. Indie bands, indie rock bands. And by the end of it, uh, you know, in 2010, the last touring I did, I was working with major label acts exclusively, doing the kind of touring that involves private jets meeting double-decker tour buses on a private tarmac in Wales, you know? So Dr pretty much like what our house concert tour is like. Basically <laughs> that. Yeah, absolutely. It's the Gulfstream meeting the double-decker tour bus. Gulfstream 4, obviously. It's 2010. And then driving to the sold-out soccer stadium in Cardiff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah Most, is, it's basically like It's pretty much like the wagon. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So just substitute a station wagon and a and a backstream and a backyard in St. Peter's, Missouri, and yeah. it's basically the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. Uh, and you know, I saw every single level of the of touring. Uh, I yeah. prefer the smaller ones. Yeah. I'm the happiest of all of them. I'm the happiest doing house concert touring. Yeah. I like the driving. I like the just doing it with one person. You know, I like yeah. that, that person's my partner. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like the personal nature of all of it. You know, mm -hmm. it, it felt real bureaucratic at the higher levels of touring and I right. really didn't like that as much. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, I think that music and art can be maybe sometimes the best when they're done in a very personal way because they can open up something between people. Mm -hmm. And that's great. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we're at. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, after... I, the, the last part for me is just when I moved from Sacramento to Los Angeles, I, I applied for yet another substitute teaching position. And I did that in LAUSD uh, until 2008 when I accidentally lost my credential because I didn't apply for a renewal in time. Yeah, you were on tour. And, and then, you came back and the thing was, like yeah. you had been on tour for like a month and the letter was in your mailbox. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the letter was there saying you need to renew. And I, and normally it wouldn't have been an issue. I could have renewed whenever, but the district had just imposed a hiring freeze. Because it was 2008 and there was the budget problems because the housing crash, uh -huh. right? And so, technically, I couldn't get my job back. Because it was a new hire, technically. Yeah. In the system. Exactly. So, that's when I stopped substitute teaching, when the universe just kind of kicked me out of the nest and was like, fly, birdie, fly. Now you're doing music forever. Yeah. And that was the last, like, non-music job that I had. It was the same with me. I got fired from that job I had at Wells Fargo. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, term fly. terminated with prejudice, you know? Yeah. 
and and yeah, figured out how to do music. Didn't look back. Yeah. Same with you. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a fun trip down memory lane, Ginger. Wow. Thank you for asking that question. There you go, people. Uh, All the jobs we've ever had. <laughs> Yeah, we have one more question. And, and it's, it's related. Mu- it's related and it's much shorter of an yeah. answer. Uh, so <laughs> you're not Is it the gonna- same answer for you and me? Well, probably similar-ish. Yeah. But the question is from our, our misfit star, Scott. Hi, Scott. Um, and Scott asks, if money were no object, how would each of you spend your time? How about you? Love it. Honestly, uh, my life would look essentially exactly the same as it does now. Yeah. It really would. Uh, I kind of feel as though I'm living my life now as if money's no object. Uh, Just because I, you know, we're in this sweet spot where the things that we do naturally that we want to be doing in the world are bringing in just enough money that we can continue (laughs) to live indoors and eat food consistently. Yeah. And honestly, like, that's all I want. Like, I don't really have, I'm weird in like, in, in the same way that you are weird. I think that most people like substitute accruing money and or physical objects mm-hmm. for personal satisfaction, mm-hmm. you know? But Some the, people do, yeah. Yeah, the personal satisfaction that I get from the work that I do that you and I do together is so extreme that like as long as I can do it and I don't need yeah. to be doing anything else and I feel like I've won the lottery. I yeah. really do. I feel yeah. like I'm a millionaire right now. I know. I feel the same way. You know? Yeah, I, I think... I, I'm not. To be clear, people, <laughs> a millionaire, you know, uh, there is no plan B. There's no other weird source of income. We're not going to come into some inheritance that we know about later in our lives. Like none of that. Like this We're is, not even yet to the planning for retirement phase of things. No. <laughs> That's not an... It's a, cool to start that after 50, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? So, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're taking this... As you can see, kind of by the seat of our pants, but also I feel like like the wealthiest person in the world because yes. I wake up every single day with a sense that what I do is the thing that I want to be doing yeah, and that it all points toward the same thing, which is to use art and music to be of service to people in a community setting. Well, like, you just answered the question for me too. As I, yeah, if, if money were no object, I, I, I um, yeah, I would be doing what I'm doing. I think... Maybe I don't. I was. I was. Th- I was wondering if maybe it would feel different to do this without the back of my mind. Oh, we've got to get on the next things so that we can. You know, um, continue to earn a living doing this. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But I don't even know that it would. I, I feel like honestly, the honestly, it is the support of our community that that makes it possible. I think for me to even operate in terms of as in terms of being a creator, yeah. to create things on a pace that feels sustainable for me as a human. Right. You know, like I'm I don't feel I don't feel like I'm a <laughs> content machine. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I don't have to be a content I don't have to be a content monkey. We're you not know? churning out one three minute YouTube video every two days. Right. Like I feel forever. like <laughs> this community gives me that gives us the kind of support that 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 takes into consideration our humanity, yeah. <laughs> and therefore, yeah. you know, I I don't feel, uh, you know, I was thinking like, well, maybe I would produce things on a slower pace, a slower schedule. I don't think that I would actually. I think that I create when I feel compelled to create. Yep. You know, and and I have the freedom to do that. But also, you're workmanlike about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's the other I thing. I show up for it, but but that's important to me to do that. Yeah. you know, to to have that kind of ethic around it. So, yeah, I don't think I don't really think I would be doing anything very different. No, I may I might I might like indulge other 
things that I think are fun. Like I have really loved the process of, that we're still in of 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 uh, making this old house we live in, you know, modern, contemporary, our our own place. Yeah. You know, like we're continually iterating, you yeah. know, this place. I love doing that. Like so, like I and I totally have this like you know love affair with like HGTV shows. <laughs> like I, I could see myself like you know. You know, if money were no object, buying like old rundown homes and making them beautiful. You know, if I had the resources to do that, like that would be yeah. fun. I would entertain things like that in my yeah. life. But also, it's not like that's uh, that that doesn't feel anywhere close to as important to my soul's work yeah. as the work that I'm doing now. Well, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for the good questions, Ginger and Scott. Yeah. And so, you know, on the note of questions, we want to hear more. If you are in the Misfit Stars community, uh, you are the people we want to hear questions from. And these can be silly, fun questions. They can be super serious questions. Sure. Anywhere in between. Yeah, we are making a stash of these to pull out during upcoming podcast episodes. So we want to hear from you. Message one of us or comment in the group uh, in Facebook. We want to hear your questions send them to us yeah all right people thank you so much for spending this last hour and 22 ish minutes oh my with gosh us. we went on forever yeah well you know <laughs> we've done things we are in our mid and late 40s respectively it's true you know yeah and we have we have lived some life and that's good so uh yeah people thank you for spending time with us if you're not yet a supporting member uh please consider becoming one it helps us uh, you know, we're heading into winter as a pair of married working artists in a completely uncontrolled and worsening pandemic. I don't feel pessimistic no. about the, our chances of returning to a normal work schedule next year, but I don't feel optimistic either. I'm willing to see what happens. Just have to see what happens. We'll just have to see what happens. Uh, yeah. But, you know, you could help us sustain. If you want to do that, go to misfitstars.com slash join and just sign up. It's cheap, but you can join the choir of other people's voices who are saying we want to support what Shannon and Jamie are doing. And also be, be welcomed into the fold of that community, which is just an awesome group of people. It's and the best. you definitely want to know them. Yeah, you really do. Yeah. If you yourself are a misfit star, well, make it official. <laughs> uh, anything else? That's it. We'll be back next week with more. Uh, but until then, please take good care of yourselves. Yeah, we love you guys. See you soon. Bye. Bye.